Hello and welcome to the second instalment of this three-part special in the Feeding Britain podcast series, where we're sharing with you a recent network webinar discussion that took place on food banks who, over these past few months, have opened an affordable food club, like a pantry or a social supermarket, either in place of or in addition to their existing crisis provision, as we look to engineer a major shift in the role and the characteristics of community food provision across the UK. In this episode, we'll be hearing from Louisa at Milton Keynes Food Bank and Robert at Bassett Law Food Bank, who have both developed mobile shops with our support. Please do check out the other two parts of this special and you can get in touch with us on info at feedingbritain.org with any questions or comments that occur to you while you're listening. So again, thank you very much and we hope you enjoy the episode. Louisa, it's over to you. Hi, thanks, Andrew. So um, really great to hear from the previous two panel speakers. There's going to be quite a lot of overlap. I think we've all experienced very similar things. Um, but our our project that I'm going to be talking about takes a different, a slightly different approach as it is a mobile top up shop, as we call it. First of all, just talking about why we set up this project. So we started to reflect post COVID, so sort of mid Mid 2021, we were looking at the longer term effects in Milton Keynes um, of the pandemic. Um, and while we had obviously experienced the same as many people um, that, you know, demand on emergency food parcels had increased enormously, um, we realised there were lots of people who were really facing a much bleaker, longer term future and um, becoming dependent on the immediate sort of immediate aid of food parcels, which obviously wasn't helping towards a longer term solution. Um, so there was the reliance on food parcels. There was also, um, we were very aware that there were groups from our demographic data, groups of people who weren't asking for help. So they weren't coming for food parcels, but we knew they were living in poverty. So particularly um, elderly people um, and African and Asian communities, for example. Um, and so we we realised that we needed to have an alternative and it was an alternative um, to, needed to support sort of independence with food. While our focus remains and still does to this day very much on crisis. So we still food parcels that we give to people are still very much the main service that we provide. We needed um, an alternative for people who were at risk of or, or were fully dependent on those. We developed the top-up shop, as we call it. We looked at this option as a way, and this is this is really clear, and we must keep reminding ourselves of this. We we must. Um, it's to support people out of poverty. So it's step by step encouraging independence, um, and also a very key value of ours, which runs throughout, is is the dignity, and particularly the dignity of choice. Um, so we provide. A range of long life stock cupboard items, food, uh, hygiene and cleaning products and also baby products. Um, the difference we have with some of the others that have spoken and will be speaking is we don't provide any fresh or chilled uh, food or bread, fruit and veg, anything like that. Ours is purely stock cupboard. Um, we offer £10 for 
Uh, sorry, 10 items for £2 for single people and 20 items for £4 for couples and families. Um, we do offer a free choice, although occasionally some limited items are restricted. Um, and really crucially for us, it is means tested. Um, so it is by that, I don't mean we ask everyone to bring along sort of three months of bank statements or anything like that. But as ours is considerably cheaper than some other food clubs and so on, we want it to be for people who absolutely need it. Um, we took the view that because the top up shop can be used regularly for long periods of time, our registration process needed to be more robust than for people who were coming for an emergency food parcel, for example. So we do ask quite a, a, a long list of questions on income, not as they arrive at the door. We have people register um, over the phone. Um, so we ask questions on income, for example, on housing situation, on ability to pay for essentials and so on. It's conversation best based, but it is quite robust. The feedback on the pilot was absolutely brilliant. Um, as others have mentioned, the cost of living crisis came along with a real vengeance around that post-COVID time. Um, and our data showed that the service was needed more than ever. So we had approximately a 50-50 roughly um, Sort of client base, if you like, at first of existing food bank users who we referred once they reached their um, limit of food parcels, which at the time was six um, in a year, uh, but also newcomers who we'd never seen before um, that were coming to the service uh, either for pre preventative reasons or, or, or using it to just help themselves get to the end of the month. Um, so we set up two fixed locations of this shop in community centres, which also offer um, a uh, which are collection centres for our food parcels. Um, Milton Keynes is quite covers quite a big geographical area. We put one in the north and one in the south, which made sense. Um, but we started to get feedback that people were having to get two buses, for example, to get there, or in some cases, we're even getting a taxi to the top up shop, which which completely defeated the object for us so we made plans to go mobile we chose eight priority locations around Milton Keynes for for stops for our mobile shop um, we chose these mainly because of for the need so we, we we looked at the top areas for food parcel use prioritized them but in a couple of cases we also looked at um, uh, more further out places where transport links were very poor um, as that had been a real, real issue. We've rolled out five of these locations so far. We'll go into that a little bit more later. Um, I've put down there John Lewis, a comment support. This was absolutely vital for us. We've got three members of staff um, in our food bank. Um, we managed to get a secondee from John Lewis for six months. It was two days a week for a six month period. Um, and it was part of John Lewis's Golden Jubilee Trust secondment scheme. So if you remember, Golden Jubilee was 11 years ago now. The Platinum Jubilee was last year. So this scheme has been going for 11 years. Obviously, we don't know what will happen, whether it will continue um, with the new king. But it would I would strongly recommend looking into it if you have a John Lewis or a Waitrose store or, or warehouse or something nearby. Because for two days a week, we were able to get Mick, our secondee, to find the van, buy the van, fit it out, find all the locations, do the risk assessments, recruit the volunteers. It, he, he did so much of it. We kept a oversight, of course, but it was invaluable. We don't think we'd have been able to do it while running our um, normal day jobs as well. 
Um, the van and the fit out, I'm going to go into a little bit in a minute. Um, and then wraparound services, as other people have mentioned as well. As much as possible, we've linked these eight live priority locations to other service providers. So community centres or, or GP surgeries or schools where they offer other services as well. Um, some of them do pre-exist within the centres, such as CAB, um, or debt advice drop-ins, but we've also arranged some pop-up advice surgeries there from other uh, other organisations. So we had energy support there. We've had um, health. We had fire uh, fire safety come in. We've had people in about all sorts of different um, of different advice sessions as well. Um, okay, so our van. So um, we got funding really easily if I might say from um, Guinness Partnership which is a housing association and Feed in Britain as well who match funded which enabled us to buy the van I say really easily because I don't know anyone who's tried to get funding if you've got a new shiny thing it's really easy to get funding for if you are trying to get ongoing costs funded it's much harder um it is difficult finding a van and finding the right van at the moment. They're in short supply. But we through through this network largely, actually, we've heard so many horror stories about um, about maintenance involved in old vehicles that we really wanted to go for something much, much newer, which obviously comes at a cost. Um, the one we found is a, a 3.5 ton Volkswagen Crafter. So it's a Luton box van and really critically, and this is what took a long time to find it, it's double curtain sided. So you'll find lots of vans that have got one solid side and one curtain sided, but we went double and wanted to do that as we wanted to maximize the amount of shop space on the back of the van. The one that we found at the time we bought it was three years old and had 28K mileage and is in really, really good nick. Um, we then also got funding from another community group, which we put in for to pay for the for the fit out of it. So we had it branded. We had two bespoke canopies, like awnings fitted, um, which you can see uh, in the picture as well. This is so, I mean, it doesn't offer perfect weather protection, but it is pretty good if it's um, if it's if it's raining. Um, we do sometimes worry if it's very windy, it might sort of take off, but it hasn't happened just yet. Um, we also, you can see in the top picture, we had some crates made. We actually pilfered that idea from this network as well. We saw some, one of the, uh, one of the food clubs had crates like this. We, we actually, this was another benefit of John Lewis. Um, a colleague of our secondee was a keen carpenter. We bought the wood. We bought like bed slat type woods from B&Q and he made all of those crates for us. Um, we bought baskets and barriers and we also bought a well, no, actually, we were donated also from John Lewis, a tablet um, to register people on. And we pay a monthly contract for a mobile hotspot dongle type thing. Um, the total upfront cost was 41,000 just in getting all of that up and running. But we genuinely feel that going for that age of vehicle was the right thing to do. So the impact so both types of our top-up shops, so the static ones and the mobile top-up shops, we now have about 1,400 households registered. Um, and this is picking up weekly. We don't have a set number of times you can come. You don't have to come every week. You don't have to come every month. So people can come on an ad hoc basis when they need it. Um, but many of the families that we did consider um, dependent or at risk of dependency have, have decreased their food parcel use. We did make a... Um, 
we did make it clear at the beginning that using this shop was not going to affect your food parcel allowances or your food parcel limits but we also make it clear on a on a case-by-case basis that using both of the services um needs to be at a you know at a minimum really it's it's meant to be something that you're moving on from we've also seen a steady increase in the harder to reach groups so particularly pensioners um and also a really encouraging increase in asian families um mainly or a lot to do with the fact we've been working with some mosques in our areas um but also i think from word of mouth um and from so when we when we we started our first analysis that we did post covid um at the, the the six parcels a year that i mentioned which is the the sort of entitlement um at one point we had up to one in four users exceeding that six parcels a year this is now this has now gone down to about one in 10 so it has had that real effect that we wanted to in decreasing people's dependencies on food parcels unfortunately the overall demand for food parcels has massively increased over the last year um, from new people, but from a dependency point of view, we think this has been a success. Okay, and then tips. I just thought I'd think about a couple of things that we've um, we've sort of learned over the the, the years. Um, I think John also mentioned a, a, a pathway. We um, we would strongly recommend if if this was something you're doing as a, a um, on a sort of means tested route. Um, considering a user, user pathway and always remembering your goals. So as I mentioned before, our main aim is to encourage people to step by step, get out of poverty and move towards independence. And we know there are people for whom that isn't going to be possible, particularly very elderly people, for example. But ultimately, we keep remembering that we are meant to be stepping people into independence we don't want to become a budget supermarket. We don't want to become a little for people to, to, to assume that they can use forever. Um, this does involve having difficult conversations sometimes. So um, if we feel that it might be something which uh, is no longer um, something that people, people need or they've moved on from their circumstances, we have that conversation and regularly review. Um, the second tip is to think outside the box for volunteers and partners. So I mentioned obviously John Lewis, which was very lucky for us. Um, we have struggled to find volunteers to open up new shops. So we've got we've got community centres and so on champing at the bit to have us come and park outside in their car parks. But one of the main things we struggle with is drivers. Uh, it's quite a big beast, our vehicle. And we find that, that it's quite difficult to get people who are confident to do it, but also who can commit to do it regularly. In each of our stops, we stop once a week and we can't obviously cancel that just because we haven't got a driver. Um, so what we're doing now is we're setting up um, a corporate rotor. So we've got four supporters who really want to help us more. So we've got a couple of banks in there. We've got Volkswagen Group, who have a big uh, distribution center in Milton Keynes and um, John Lewis as well, actually, their logistics team. And we're setting up a corporate rotor and we're asking each of the supporters, each of the corporate groups to commit to three months of the year to provide a driver every every week um we're going to train them up the same people will be on the ground each week at that stop so that it's not as if the customers will have um new faces to to get used to every single time but the driver will be different but it just means that we can commit to a, a a new stop and roll it out quicker and then the third tip was about working with your customers on the products to stock now as i mentioned we have um only ambient food nothing fresh 
Um, we work really closely with a community fridge network. So we always make sure that people are aware of that, that they can go there to get fresh stuff. Um, but an example here and in, 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 in the photograph, um, we it shows us working with a local mosque. So we we wanted to attract more Asian families to come to the top up shop as we knew there were there were there was a lot of hardship within that community. So we worked with a local mosque to to help us understand what kind of stock we should be including in the top up shop. So that picture there, there is spinach leaves, which we wouldn't have thought of. So tin spinach, for example, um, a really good staple for Asian families to have in 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 their stock cupboards. Um, so those were just three things which I thought would be helpful um, to think about that's 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 it that's my nutshell it's been very successful there's lots and lots of hurdles we're still not there with everything that we want to um that we that we want to do with the mobile shop brilliant louisa thank you very much some fascinating insights as well as some hints and tips that you've shared there and seeing as you've introduced the twin aspects of accessibility and affordability through the mobile model in a similar vein now we're going to head over to robert in bassett law if we may who similarly has developed a mobile community shop through bassett law food bank uh, robert over to you Brilliant. Thank you. So uh, Bassett Law Food Bank, we're based in uh, Nottinghamshire with the top north part of it. In fact, most of us um, of our area is surrounded by South Yorkshire. Um, the, the mobile shop that I'm going to talk to you about is part of um, lots of different projects that we run to try and tackle the causes of food insecurity. Um, OK, so first thing we did identified um, a need for one. So the information came to us through our charity, the Food Bank, uh, from parish and district councillors. We find them a really good source of information for what's going on in the local community. And spring of 2022, uh, there was a, 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 a growing issue around the impact of fuel costs and cost of living that was starting to feed through from these sources. Our own triaging process that we go through when we're supporting people with emergency food parcels um, were giving us information and people asking for help from areas we'd never helped previously. Um, the two examples I've got there are Everton and East Markham, which are rural villages, and Bassett Law is quite a rural um, district. So we knew there was a growing need coming from these rural areas. And we're also seeing a shift in reasons for people needing food parcels, moving to uh, much more around energy costs and accessibility, which had been highlighted by previous speakers. Uh, so the idea was to look at developing a model to provide support for the rural areas of the district. Um, it was also to take some pressure off for us. As a food bank, we operate a delivery model. We deliver all our food parcels out to people. We don't um, expect people to come in, again, uh, to remove some of the barriers in terms of transport um, and accessibility and cost and what have you. Um, and the idea was also driven by the increasing number of emergency food parcel requests that were coming through to us. Um, it was decided that working with the parish council in the remote areas was the best form of communication and also access to land, which is quite key for our operating model. Um, so we engaged uh, all of those as much as we could. We also felt that by taking a service uh, that offers support out to these isolated households, it would have a positive impact on preventing the food insecurity. So we were seeing a trend of people from rural areas and villages that were previously thought to be affluent starting to come through. So by getting a mobile community shop out to them, we would stop them needing to come through for emergency food parcels and putting more pressure on our, our resources. Um, and as with uh, uh, the other charities that have already spoken, it would allow us an opportunity to provide signposting services to additional support. Um, 
uh, like everyone, we work with other agencies. I think we've got sort of 37 that we work with, um, some of them particularly like CAB and the District Council Money Advisors and some of the addiction agencies in our district. Um, the, the, the relationship is really positive. Uh, so the concept was to have a mobile shop that visits these villages in Bassett Law. Um, and as I said previously, the councils help us identify where this need is. And we identified nine locations um, for the launch of the project. Um, by engaging with the parish councils, we had access to the council car parks and pockets of land that they own. And because it was private land, that removed the need for us to uh, look at having a trading license or anything complicated like that and adding to the costs. Um, our insurer was also keen for us to use parish council land because of the type of insurance they had and then the insurance that we had to go with the community shop, it kind of worked from their point of view. So that was important to us too. Access to the community shop um, is managed by a membership scheme, which I think has been previously mentioned. And we have an online uh, booking system through our, our, our uh, website. So if you pop on there, you can see the tab for the shop and you can see how that works. We do have a manual system for those um, that don't have access to the internet so that somebody can just rock up to the shop and have that conversation. Uh, we don't have any criteria. The membership is open to all. We looked at putting a model in, um, but we felt it was overcomplicated and potentially putting barriers to some people who might need our help but not be on benefits yet. Um, we found that generally the shop is self-policing. We offer a basic range. If somebody has money, they will only use us once. They tend to think that's not for me and move on. So it kind of works for us. Um, and we also engaged with the agencies that we worked with through the food bank and advised them of the service so they could then also refer um, people to go and engage with that service. Um, and we take self-referrals from any household, from the individuals. Uh, so we looked at various vans. And as the previous speaker said, getting the right vehicle is key. Uh, we ended up settling on an XDHL vehicle, mainly because I like yellow and mainly because I could then call it the Big Bird. Um, which made me happy. Um, so the van is uh, well-maintained. It has reasonably high mileage, um, but because of the maintenance records with the vehicle, we uh, uh, got a, a good one. Um, we also managed DHL uh, to persuade them to leave all the internal um, racking inside the van, and you'll see in, in, a, in a picture in a minute the benefits of that. Um, the vehicle also comes with an amaz amazing security and tracking and dash cams. It's all in. Um, so uh, we were lucky enough to sort of track down a dealer who had a relationship with DHL that was selling them through. Um, and if you call DHL, they'll be able to, their fleet department will be able to let you know how they dispose of them if, if it's something that you're keen to do. It also comes with a reversing camera. So uh, the comment that was made about people wanting to drive the vans is, is absolutely accurate. Um, so this is the largest vehicle you can drive on a standard driving license uh, and having test driven several this this one uh proved to be the most uh user friendly it feels like you're driving a car you remember you've got a mobile shop behind you when you go over a speed bump and you hear everything tinkle and clang um but apart from that it does feel like a car so the operating model um that we run we carry a basic range of 55 uh ambient and uh cleaning and toiletry products which is very similar um to the type of product that we would use in emergency food pass parcel we accept cash card and we can tell the healthy start vouchers. Uh, we use a payment system uh, that's operated by PayPal called Zettle. They had very low operating costs. It runs through an iPad. The software is really easy for cashing up. 
and everything can be removed from the van so you're not leaving anything in value in in the uh, vehicle overnight we operate, uh, we operate a fixed price uh, scheme we do 50p for fresh items we carry a limited range of fresh we do apples onions potatoes carrots um i forgot uh, bananas uh, and other veg uh, that we get gifted through uh, growing associations. We do uh, eggs, uh, and we also do a loaf of bread and a packet of margarine. Um, and then the ambient items work out at 40p each. We do a fixed price, you can see from the list over there, 10 items for £4, 15 items for 6 20 items for 8 um, it's nice and easy for people to get their heads around and people turn up with the right money um, so they, they can budget for it as well. We visit each site, as was said by the previous visitor, every week. Um, we have a timetable. Um, um, we use a dedicated Facebook page and Instagram to communicate with clients. So we did have one village we couldn't make it to. Unfortunately, we had some vandalism on the van uh, overnight um, and we had to wait for the police to come out to do fingerprints and various things. So we just communicate out on the, on our social medias and, and the, the uh, customers um, can access the information. So it works quite well. So a couple of pictures. So um, affordability has been mentioned quite a lot. And we have, uh, so we started this in September of 2022. We've made some uh, changes to try and bring our operating costs down because this was set up originally to be a project for 12 months, uh, but we're already in conversations with the district council and parish councils because we feel there's going to be a need this coming winter. So one of the things I've introduced, as you can see in the top left-hand corner, is a free flow. So uh, cereals, rice, pasta, uh, porridge, are good basic store cupboard items. Um, but if you're buying boxes of cereal in, and I'm sure a lot of you have already worked out, you know, the, the cheapest you can get at the moment is probably a pound, a pound ten. Um, and if you're getting a family size, you're in sort of 150, 170 mark. So if we're selling something at 40p, the subsidy that we've, uh, the run, funds we range for subsidy, it, it's not cost effective. So I, I looked at uh, cheaper alternatives. Um, the uh, Bulk buying of box cereals, especially from catering uh, contractors such as companies as Booker's, much more cost effective. You can basically get the um, price down. So we sell in 200 gram weight portions. Um, so it's uh, about just over a half of what you would pay for a box of 40p. And we're buying that in at, at between 43 and 51 pence per 100 grams. So it greatly reduces the amount of subsidy that's needed. Um, the customers, when we made the change, really like it they think it's quite quirky they bring their own containers or we have paper bags if not the trick is to get the free flow containers at a good price um and there are unfortunately a lot of free flow shops when the zero waste campaign was really strong before covid that uh don't seem to have been very successful so the, there is quite a lot out there um i bought uh 10 units uh for about 320 quid um, so at £32 each, they're paying themselves back very, very quickly, and they're, they're easy to mount and remove in the van for cleaning and filling up. The other thing you see in there, we installed a till system in the van. This is the Zettel system. Um, it runs from batteries. You can run it from the battery of the vehicle, although it will drain it quite quickly, but we charge it up every night. And we also, uh, the iPad sits in the iPad holder. We also do the membership through the iPad as well, I think, as, as was previously mentioned. And then you can see if you leave the shelves in from the DHL, they've got a 300 kilogram uh, weight limit for each one, which is more than enough for the type of product that you'll have in, in a mobile shop. And they're also um, compatible with the Euro trays. Uh, and what we did is we pot riveted a, a metal strip on the front of the shelf um, and it actually locks them in place, which makes it very safe 
for transport. Uh, so costs that we needed to bring this to life. So the one-off costs with the teal system, which was uh, £700. We paid £18,000 to purchase a second-hand uh, van. Um, and that came with uh, a full service and 12 months MOT. Uh, van graphics we actually got for zero. We used the magnetic um, ones and the company we contacted to make them. Uh, it wasn't a huge cost, but they actually gifted them to us. And the reason we use the magnetic ones is it gives us um, flexibility to change the pricing, which is something we may need to address in the future. And the fitting out of the van, um, uh, because the shelving was left in, was quite low, and that cost us £1,000 all in, and that included a canopy uh, that comes out from the side of the van. Ongoing costs, uh, our insurance costs are approximately £1,200 a year. We currently have five drivers insured of it. We have two members of staff on 25-hour uh, contracts. Um, we started with one. Um, but we've recently moved to two uh, because the shop has been so successful. Fuel cost of the year about a thousand pounds, so the cost for one twenty-five hour person was eighteen thousand. So we've now we've now doubled that. Maintenance of the year we allow a thousand pounds. Secure storage for the van, I would suggest, is key. We were incurring costs last year, but we've now got secure um, palustrade fencing on our site, so it's now zero. And then we've budgeted twenty thousand pounds this year as subsidy to top up the food that we buy in from the money that comes back in. So the annual running costs for us around £41,000. Um, and that's money we're constantly chasing um, uh, to, to keep it going. So we're okay through to September and we're currently um, looking to get money to keep it going through the winter through to next spring because we feel from the agencies work with us going to be a need. Uh, very much focus on just how we got it going. In terms of success of the project, uh, we have 570 members. Uh, we have an average of 160 that shop us each week. I totally support the comments that were made from the team up at Newcastle um, in terms of the social aspect of it. We had not factored that into a reason for doing the project, but the villages, um, especially the parish councillors, have fed back. It, it's been a hugely positive experience to get people out and they sort of meet around the shop and talk. And it, it's, you know, some people have said it's like the old days, a bit of a cliche, but you, you see it happening for real. Um, the social side of it um, is a really positive thing as well. And that's me. Thank you for listening. Robert, thank you very much indeed for sharing. And I can testify from a recent visit that you had many happy shoppers queuing up to get there, both fresh and household staple goods. So thank you very much indeed. Mm -hmm.